0: Imagine if you have a hard time pulling in your KPIs into a scorecard, how hard is it for your head of marketing or your head of customer success to make good decisions on how they're spending their time? It's actually the scorecard producing its first benefit for the business. I'm Johnny Page. I'm Matt Verlet. And this is the South County Podcast. All right, Matt Today we're talking about the magic. If there was a magic pill for growing a SaaS company, yeah. there's a, a one thing that you could recommend a hundred percent of the time that would get the most growth. This is probably that thing.
1: Yeah, I mean once right? you once you run out of dumb luck, this is the next thing on the list. You know for sure. Yep. What What's the magic pill? The scorecard, man. You got to know your data, and it's really funny because I've been through a lot of different. Phases of company building in my time as an entrepreneur. And there's one thing that's true throughout all of them. I've always needed to know the numbers. And every time I've tried to get fancy or decided I no longer needed to do this, I felt immediate pain and went right back to it and was able to correct whatever problem we were having in the business. So my overarching belief is that, you know, running a company, really any company, but especially a SaaS business, it's 10% art and 90 percent science right the art is the value prop and how you help your customer and how well you know their problems and all of that good stuff but the SaaS business itself the delivery vehicle for that piece of art that magic it's a math problem and you cannot solve a math problem if you don't know the numbers that go into the equation and that starts with the precision scorecard for sure so I love asking
0: this question. In fact, this comes up oftentimes when I'm interviewing candidates. I'll ask them what their values are, and then I say, "Hey, tell me when, tell me the story about when that belief became it's a, a belief. Yeah. Like, what made you? There's got to be some pain on the other side of like you know believing in the scorecard. There was a the time before the scorecard. So, when did this become important to you? Yeah, it's
1: funny. Like, it just keeps getting more important. There's a couple of stories that I can share about when I realized it, because there's been like different levels for me, right? I think. In my first company, we pretty much only tracked revenue and didn't really know much about our sales pipeline up to a point when we, you know, we became the SaaS Academy clients and we turned the lights on with some of that training. But like initially, we were just kind of winging it, just doing stuff. And I don't know if that like relates with anyone out there, but if you just feel like you're working your ass off and the needles aren't moving and you can't figure out why, I want you to capture that emotion and ask yourself, like, why don't I know why? Like you should be able to open something and look at the numbers week over week to figure out like where is the next problem that I need to solve to unblock growth, right? And I think that like, Johnny, you might even need to go upstream of this for a minute and just talk about some core beliefs around this in general, right? The first one is that a SaaS business should always be growing. Generally, a business should always be growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. I know it sounds trite, but it's the truth, right? Like you have to outpace inflation, you have to outpace increased costs, like someone else is going to show up and take your market share. And so I think that like, step number one is being on board with the fact that your mission as a founder, or as an employee in an early stage company is to always make sure that you're growing. Right. And that doesn't mean it's not growth at all costs doesn't mean you do a bad job with your customers and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of qualifiers around it. But our mission is to grow, grow the right way, right? If that's the mission, the growth itself is a math problem. And so, you know, in the early days in my first company, we were trying to sell like 100% through partners. And I had this like utopian vision of, well, partners just do all the sales, we'll be good to go. And I remember when I went, it was the first time I learned what the Rocket Demo Builder was. And like, I went to a SaaS Academy event and they're talking about knowing your numbers and MQLs and SQLs and win rates and all this stuff. And I was in that room like, yo, what does an SDR even do? Like, what does this mean? Like I was fresh. And I got this quick masterclass from a lot of these guys who are running, you know, five and $10 million a year companies on how to like do napkin math on a sales funnel. And I was blown away for two reasons. A, because I'd never seen it before. And B, because I couldn't do any of it because I was trying to like abdicate responsibility for my growth. And so that was the first one. It was Toronto in April, I think of 2018. I remember I was probably sitting next to you, but I remember it very specifically Because it was like, wow, there's a whole science to this thing. And because Mm -hmm. of my own choices in the business, I can actually see 0% of it and I can affect 0% of it. That's a problem. So that was the first one. Let's define what we mean by a scorecard. So
0: step one is set goals for the business. So, hey, if we believe we've got to grow, we're going to set some targets for what we want to grow. And most people start with, hey, what do I want for the year? And then they back the way down into the quarter. And that is about, you know, if we get a business there, that's about where most people left to their own devices, will stop. we're talking about the process of doing for a scorecard is to say, how will that growth happen? And you come up with like one to three KPIs for marketing, sales, customer success, product, engineering, finance. Every department in the company has one to three KPIs. And we say, What has to be true on a monthly basis and on a weekly basis for us to hit those targets? So you're working your way backwards into the targets and then we're measuring routinely our progress against that goal. All right, Matt, so let's say I've heard many times before, measure what matters. Let's say I'm bought into this belief that I got to know my numbers, but I don't know how. Like walk me through, let's get tactical. Sure. How do I start using a precision scorecard in my business?
1: yeah i mean the first question when i talk to people about this when i'm coaching founders is like well well, what is this is it like software is it a platform guys it's a google sheet like i keep it exceedingly simple i really minimum effective dose of anything is is how i like to operate so what is it it's literally a google sheet and the way that we break it down is that The rows are the different things you wanna measure. We group them by department, right? It's like marketing, sales, customer success, product engineering, admin, ops, finance, that kind of stuff. And then the columns are the weeks, right? We measure everything on a weekly basis. And this is one of my core beliefs about measuring data is that almost every piece of data worth measuring is worth measuring weekly. There's a couple of exceptions usually around things like payroll and stuff. But so it's a spreadsheet, Google Sheets, the rows are what you're measuring the columns are the weeks, like that's the precision scorecard. It's very not that high tech. <laughs> so that's what it is. And it's, and it's manual. We, we put the stuff in there and that's by design. So we'll walk through it. So I've got my Google
0: sheet open. I've you know got my departments mapped out. How many KPIs am I,
1: am I picking? Like what's what define minimum effective dose? Where should I start? So the way I decide this is usually with a question And the question I ask is like, for this person or this team, what are the few numbers or KPIs that need to be green, need to be on track for us to have this growth that we so desperately need? And it will grow over time. Like I guarantee you, if you run this scorecard for three years, you're going to start off with 15 rows and you might have 200 at the end of a few years. And that's cool. But don't make the mistake of overbuilding out of the gate because you don't actually know what you need yet. So I try to scope yeah. it to like no more than three really critical KPIs per function. So like three for marketing, three for sales. But there's a couple of levels to this that I think are important to talk about, right? So the KPIs and a lot of, the KPIs are like outcomes, right? So, you know, I'm thinking about like, none of that might actually be a better word to use as outcomes. Like what are the outcomes? I need leads or I might need demo calls booked and deals closed and things like that. But the next level on the scorecard where it stops being a report card and starts being like an actual strategic guide for the company is what are the activities that feed into the outcomes that I need, right? So you have an outcome and a goal that you want to achieve. Like everything is a funnel. I don't know if you guys realize this, like every single thing on earth is a funnel, right? There's a chain reaction of doing a thing and doing another thing and doing another thing that leads to an outcome and that outcome leads to another thing, to another thing. Like you can visualize almost anything in a funnel. So. If we want new customers, that's probably a pretty important one to manage. But there's probably going to be demos that were attended, and upstream of that, demos that were booked, and upstream of that, leads that were captured. And then we need want to know the percentage of leads that booked the demo, and the percentage of scheduled demos that showed up, and the percentage of attended demos that bought. Right. And so, I think that's the difference is you work your way upstream to the activities. Like, how many outbound dials am I doing if that's your thing? Or you know, how many leads am I getting from Facebook if that's how you're finding customers? And so I just like for customer acquisition through sales and marketing, I start with those couple KPIs, but I work my way up the funnel math till I can index on activity instead of just outcomes. And if you like, if you take nothing else from this, take what I'm about to say. The activity is actually where you focus before you focus on the outcome. Because if you get the outcome and you don't know the activities that led to it, like hope is not a strategy. It's That's the dumb luck I talked about in the beginning, right? So, you know, like if I'm working for... Johnny Page SaaS company, and I'm supposed to be prospecting, yes, you want to know how many appointments I set, but you also really need to know how many outbound dials I made and what my connect rate is and what time of day I'm calling and all of those things that you can coach me on. Hey, Matt, maybe you should make your phone calls at a different time of day. Hey, Matt, maybe let's audit your script because everyone's hanging up on you, right? But like without auditing upstream on the activity, if all you know is Matt got 10 demos booked or Matt got one demo booked, but we don't know the difference or why. This doesn't actually turn the lights on for the business. So all that to say, like if you think of KPIs as outcomes, like one to three per function, but then work your way up. Like what creates that? What creates that? What creates that? And work through that thought exercise till you're managing activities. And that's the precision scorecard. That's what we measure. Let it evolve from there organically.
0: So, if I, to, to go through an example based on everything you just shared, if we have a, a goal of 10,000 monthly recurring revenue growth over the quarter, we're going to break that down into monthly growth. And then we're going to break that down into weekly growth. And we're going to say, okay, what does each department need to do? What are we going to measure? Both the leading indicators or the activities, the way you said it, and then the outcomes that have to happen so that if we win the week, we can win the month, we can win the quarter. How, if, let's say that we, we snap our fingers, we've got a, a basic version of this in place.
1: How does it actually get used? The way that we like to use it, and some of this goes back to the overall, just had the cadence of how we run a company, right? One of the things that I believe very strongly in is a weekly team sync, right? And when you're small, like if you're 12 people and under, it might be with the whole team. You know, At when you're a little bit larger, it might be with your department leaders. Like that's what we do, right? We do our weekly sync with our leaders on Tuesdays. But either way, the point is that you're going to take out just these these KPIs, not necessarily every single leading indicator in the scorecard, especially as it gets big, but like the important stuff. And what we do every single week is the person who's accountable for it ideally is the one putting the number into the scorecard and then they color code it, red, yellow, green, super simple. And then they report on it. Usually in the interest of time, if it's green, we don't need to talk about it, but they talk about the yellows or the reds and bring a plan to correct it. You know, at, at sometimes like like now we have in our company an operations manager who dumps all the data and, and does that. But like, even in that case, the the person who's responsible for the metrics still talks about the number, like they still present to the rest of the team. They still bring the plan, right? So that's how we use it is essentially like that should be one of the first things you do in this weekly team meeting. You know, we usually start off with wins and then just do a little context building. And then from there, we take out the scorecard. We look through the metrics. We pick out all the yellows and reds. The whoever's in charge of that number addresses it in 60 to 90 seconds. And if there's more discussion that's warranted from that, we add it to the discussion agenda and then we'll double click on it in more detail. So ideally, yeah. like you can blast through in a small company, all the KPIs you need in five minutes in a larger company, it might be 10 minutes. But either way, it's still pretty damn efficient on moving through just to get like the overall download of like, how did we do last week? And then that the answer to that question is going to drive what reds do we need to make yellows to make greens to get ourselves out of trouble and yeah. make sure, like you said, win the week, win the month. Yeah.
0: All right. So we just got all tactical on you. And I want to take us back to the why look your role as the founder and as the CEO in the company is to set vision. You are the steward of all the work that's happening. The only person responsible for whether or not work on our team translates into productivity and growth or not is you. The buck stops with you. So the risk in not having a scorecard in place is that you have a team that comes in and works their ass off or not, either way, that works hard and it doesn't translate into growth. And the only insurance policy to make sure that we're having the right conversations in the business is to make sure that we're centered around a scorecard. That when we jump onto a team call, our weekly syncs for our teams are on Mondays and then senior leadership is on Tuesdays. It's front-loaded at the beginning of the week because everything else it should be filtered through the lens of we're having conversations on the things that are have us off track. If it's on track, we're gonna keep doing it. Everything else goes out the window. There's all kinds of good things we can talk about. This is how you like separate, you know, the good ideas from the bad ones. You are the person that has you steward all the work happening in the organization and the scorecards are tool for doing that. Yeah. Now if we, we got super tactical, if you would like, we can, you can visit the show notes. There is a full breakdown on how to implement the precision scorecard for your business. We've got templates, all kinds of great stuff, courtesy of Matt Verlach. Matt, we have heard, we've heard, we've probably taken, you know, close to a thousand companies through the exercise of putting in a precision scorecard in place. And we've heard every excuse in the book. Why won't this work? And mm-hmm. let's debunk some of the excuses. Like, what's the moral. first
1: objection or concern someone's got? I don't want to manually put all the data in. To yeah, that, can I, I just use a dashboard? Yeah, let's talk about that. So you're giggling. I love it. And there's a good reason why, right? So I got. I'm going to answer this one two ways. Early stage company, right? If you've got 15 rows in this thing, stop being a baby. Take 15 minutes out of your day, get close to the data, put it in and know what the hell's happening. Because like it took everything I had not to shout out amen when you said, hey, you're the CEO and the founder. The buck stops with you if everyone's working and you're not growing. It's your fault. Like that is a 100 percent true. So like early days, you're the boss. Pull the numbers, like get the data, figure it out. Or even better, have your team pull their numbers and that's it. And then each person has to dump three or four rows into the thing. It takes five minutes. Like it takes five minutes. And if the thing- It'll about- take a little bit to
0: get it set up. It's going to be hard to to, if you haven't done this before, but dedicate two quarters to doing this, pull it every week. It will change week over week, but it is, you. there's just not a path forward yeah. without it. Like you have to, you, this is a rite of passage. You're going to have to get a scorecard into the business at some point, like just start doing the work now and be iterative with it. Start simple, but you're going to have to, like you want to manually interact with the data. We don't just want to pull it off a live dashboard, right? So Matt, what you're getting is as the founder in the early stages of a scorecard, you be the person that goes and pulls the data because you're probably going to find some stuff that, you know, yeah, it's well, worth well, discussing.
1: Yes. And here's the thing, like, here's where people go wrong with this, Johnny, is like, a lot of the time they'll, they'll go to manually put this stuff in. They'd be like, oh, this is hard. Cause I don't know what this number is or whatever. And they'll blame the scorecard and be like, well, score, doing a scorecard is a pain in the ass. Like the scorecard is the flashlight that's shining on the real problem, which is it's hard to figure out the data in your company. That's what you need to go solve. Like, yeah. like you know, the first time you go work out, you're like, man, this weight is heavy. Let me set that down. Right. Or do you just get stronger? And so I think that absolutely to your point, like the first couple of months is going to feel like it's a lot of work and it's going to be like, why am I doing this? I don't really get it yet. It's hard for me to find these numbers. Like that's the work. That's the problem to solve is make it easier to find the numbers. Everyone's going to be like, I don't trust the data. Cool. Work through the data until you, everyone yeah. trusts it and you get it right. That's the real work is doing that. It's a sign of progress actually. Like those are the
0: conversations you got to have. Imagine, if you have a hard time pulling in your KPIs into a scorecard, how hard is it for your head of marketing or your head of customer success to make good decisions on how they're spending their time? It's, yeah, it's actually the scorecard producing its first benefit for the business. Yeah, it's showing you all well, there. If, if it's, it's not easy. easy. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so first one we hear all the time, Can I, I have access to the data. I can log into Google Analytics or into my CRM and I can get all the information. Why should I pull it in a scorecard? You got to manually interact with it. We, we actually want to engineer some friction around it yeah. because it forces you to reflect and interact. If it's all in a dashboard, it's easy for it to blend in. And we've made this mistake. We got to what was a sizable business. We felt like, look, we're sophisticated enough. We had a full RevOps team. We built out these really awesome dashboards, very low touch, all the data was real time interactive and the promise sounded great. But we started making some poor decisions in the business. Like we we, we lost some rigor. And went back to as soon as kudos to you, you came in, you built out this 200 row COO scorecard, and went in and manually every week, started pulling the data and putting it in our senior leadership channel. And very quickly, we started turning things around. Our our conversations got a lot more focused on the real challenge, and you know started growing as a result. So, yeah, don't get fancy with it. You know, even at you know 20 million, 30 million continue interacting with the data, manually pulling it into a sheet and you know, your decisions will be better off for it.
1: What else? What other excuses have we heard? Why do I have to measure things weekly? Why is weekly the best operating cadence? And I'll tell you why. And, and again, there's a couple exceptions, but for the most part, right? We're going to win. Like I, I zoom way out. We make an annual plan. We break that up into four quarters. Every quarter is 12 shots on goal. What do I mean by that? 12 weeks, give or take, right? So if we don't come up for error until we're a third of the way through the quarter, and then if you have to figure out a month's worth of data, it's going to be at least the fifth week in the quarter before you figure out all the data. So you're almost halfway through the quarter before you know if you're doing a good job or a bad job. You've sacrificed five different opportunities to make much smaller adjustments to course correct the business, right? And so, yeah, like, Yes, there's a couple of things on like, you know, people usually get paid every two weeks. So you, that's trip payrolls tricky to do quarterly. If you're like trying to do cost forecasting, I'll usually do that kind of stuff monthly. But outside of that, all of the non-financial KPIs, I measure 99% of them weekly. And I'm, like you said, John, I measure a lot of stuff nowadays in this business, but 99% of them I measure weekly. And it lets us know, like, when are we about to get off track? Because the more you get up into the activities and the leading indicators, I like that's the thing is, you know, if there's a problem with your sales team's ability to make outbound calls, if you don't correct that in week one, you're going to see that in week three when your closers are screaming about not having anybody to talk to, right? And it's like, man, you see that pain of they don't literally have deals to close, but you could have corrected it two weeks ago had you been measuring things on a weekly cadence. So the the reporting period is another one that people push back on and I just push back harder. Like weekly is the way
0: Simply put, man, you can't win the year if you don't win the quarter, can't win the quarter if you don't win the month, can't yeah. win the month, if you don't win the week, and you can't win the week if you don't win the day. It's like big wins are a bunch of little wins. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to, if you're paying your team every day, just imagine you had to physically pull cash out of your pocket and pay it for the day's work. Just want to make sure it's tightly calibrated. You know, week is a good cadence to, you know, so we summit once a week, we focus on where are we going, how are we doing, then we go right back into execution mode. Um, we're just going to become a highly productive team if yeah.
1: you do this well. So You know, what's funny um, about what you just said though, dude, is like, that's literally as the founder, what it is, you are pulling money out of your pocket every single day for your team. And I think one of the things, one of the places where we go wrong, and this, this is probably probably a lot of depth to this one about why all the different reasons people are uncomfortable talking about money, but like not focusing on the the financials, the economics of the business, like if like founders, C-suite, CEOs, COOs, whatever, like, If you find yourself having avoidant tendencies towards finance, you have to like attack that from a self-development standpoint, because the reality is ignoring it never makes it better, right? You can still Mm -hmm. win if you ignore it, if you get lucky. But again, luck is not a plan. It's not a strategy, right? And so it's just, it should feel like taking money out of your pocket because A, it's literally what you're doing. And B, you should be tracking your financials closely enough where you actually see the outflows and hopefully the inflows that you're anticipating on getting from those outflows. So if that little thing that you just said, like to whoever's listening to this, if if that feels like it's not reality, then you might not be plugged in close enough to the economics of the business because it should feel exactly like that just for what it's worth. I didn't want to skip over yeah. that because that was really important.
0: Yeah, man. I think that's a good rabbit hole for us to jump down on a future podcast. I'll say this topic, not sexy at all. However, very effective. If you don't have a scorecard in place, you need one. Start the process today. Visit the show notes. And with that, man, I hope the conversation today around the scorecard served really well. Thanks, Matt.
1: My favorite topic. Appreciate you, man. See you.